Hey, busy moms. Welcome to the Busy Mom Reset Podcast, where we're all about creating and finding our tribe that will encourage, motivate, and most importantly, activate each other to live a life with purpose and intention. I'm Vicki Gardner, your host, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about burnout, which literally speaks to me on every level as a mom, a professional, a friend. So I cannot wait to share this with you. Okay, so today's episode is about burnout. This literally speaks to me on every level, every level of being a professional, being a mom, a wife, a friend. It basically, it speaks to the core of my being. What does burnout mean to you? When most people hear about burnout, it's because of professional burnout in the workplace. It's about trying to create balance between work and home. And basically, it seems that a a lot of the literature that you read, it talks about people working too much and not devoting enough time at home or, or to their family. And while that is true, we are now seeing a whole different aspect of burnout. I think that this is my new favorite topic because I believe 2020, in one word, is burnout. Psychology Today defines burnout as the state of emotional, mental, and oftentimes physical exhaustion brought on by prolonged or repeated stress. While the term originated about or in the workplace, we're now seeing it in other areas of our lives like parenting, caregiving, and even our um, romantic relationships. Heck, our kids are experiencing burnout in school. And we're going to talk about kids' burnout in school a little bit later. It is important to understand what burnout is and how it works so that you can possibly identify it in your life and in your child's life. It's so interesting to me because it's not just about being stressed about a certain event or a situation. It's about being in a constant state of stress because of life. Have you noticed that we're hearing so much lately about self-care and mindfulness and things related to helping yourself? Well, it's because burnout is affecting so many people and, and they don't even know it. Maybe we can't change particular circumstances or make things go away. We can't control everything, but we can control some things that relate to us and our lives. For this episode, we're going to discuss and focus burnout at home. Yes, burnout in the workplace is huge and and it's very worthy of the time to discuss. But I believe that burnout affects us at home more often than we think. And it affects our family, our partner, and our children. We have extra stress at home, at work, within our own minds because we feel we need to live up to a certain expectation or be a certain way and do certain things. This is a huge topic that we may need to have a two-part podcast on because you deserve to learn as much as possible about that one little word that hits our minds, our emotions, and our bodies so hard. I'm going to go over some great information and give you some tips that you can implement right now. 
You see, burnout is more than a word relating to being tired. It's more about an emotion or a behavior. Emotions are are a huge part of burnout, and we should take a moment and understand a little about emotions and feelings. Emotions are defined as a natural instinctive state of mind, deriving from one's circumstances, their mood, or their relationships with others. Okay, well, we kind of knew that. While emotions are associated with bodily reactions that are activated through what's called neurotransmitters and hormones within our body, it's feelings that are the conscious experience, that's the knowing experience of our emotional reactions. Now, that's kind of sciencey. And I thought that it needed to be said, and I wanted to read that to you because it is important to know that there's a difference between, a, between feelings and emotions. Difficult feelings are like tunnels, and we are trained traveling through them. We have to move all the way through that dark tunnel to get to the light at the other side. It sounds so simple, but it's way easier said than done. When I kept hearing about this topic, I just knew that I had a deep connection to it. And I began to dig deeper into its meaning and what it meant in my life and the lives of the people that I help. This incredible book came across my path during my research, and I'm so excited it did. It's called Burnout. It's written by Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski. They're identical twins. In this book, it also talks about feelings and emotions being like tunnels. So, of course, that caught my immediate attention. They say when we get stuck inside an emotion, it burns us out. We can't move on from rage or fear or sadness. And we keep ruminating on the same pain over and over, worrying at it like a loose tooth. Um, How powerful is that? So, my gosh, they gave this example of like the song Baby Shark. Um, I think everybody knows Baby Shark. She goes on to discuss that everybody knows the torture of having a children's song stuck in your head. They're so repetitive, so catchy, and so short. They move into your brain, and they bring a lot of heavy furniture and cover the kitchen counters of your mind with simple appliances. They're like an earworm that gets into your brain, they say. It's that repetitiveness that keeps going on and on. It might be someone that eats your food or doesn't replace the toilet paper roll when it's empty. Things like that. It irritates you, annoys you, frustrates you. You try to reason with it. You debate. You argue. But it doesn't know argument or reason. It just sings that same four notes over and over until you just want to scream. Get out. I hate you, you awful thing. Leave me alone. And maybe a few expletives in there also. None of this gets rid of it. Does this relate to anyone or is it just me? In the book, the authors discuss that this is what it's like to live with hard emotions. It hurts and you can't forget and you can't let go. 
everything reminds you, especially lately when it's in the news and part of social media conversations, the feeling lives in you like that earworm. It's stuck taking over your life. Yes, that's extreme. But think about what it is that keeps repeating in your head. Is it something that your spouse or partner does? Is it the never-ending schoolwork that needs to be completed and your kids have such a hard time with it? Is it all the emails from teachers or the constant changes that are being made to your daily life that, frankly, you didn't sign up for? Being totally transparent and vulnerable here, I'll tell you what mine is. It's the constant, endless amount of housework. And the kids that need so much out of me sometimes after a busy day. I have to intentionally make choices in my life to take a deep breath, consider my options, and to decide what I'm going to do today. Of course, I want to live up to the super mom title with everything just perfect and perfect and display my life as put together. But in reality, I have to choose and prioritize the tasks that are necessary. And that is what I teach my clients and the families that I work with. What can I control and what don't I have control over? What is important and who deems that important to me? During the tunnel of emotions, we're constantly being reminded of the state of our country with the pandemic, politics, and all the other day-to-day stuff. When we have had trauma in the past or when we've come from hard places, it's hard for us to continue to move through the tunnel because those four notes continue in our mind. Please know that we don't want to feed these feelings, but we need to find a way to move through the feeling tunnel. We need to see that light at the end of the tunnel. Why? Well, because this can affect our physical well-being and we can actually have physical symptoms because we're stuck in the tunnel. So circling back around to the burnout that we have as moms, let's think about this. As the mom in the family, who does most of the scheduling, taxiing, making sure that appointments are gotten to and important information is shared with the right people? Who follows up on things? Who is the contact with teachers and coaches? These are all of the things that can pile up without us even realizing it. Why don't we realize it? Well, because we're moms. We may have someone bringing our child to an appointment for us, But we have to give those reminders. We have to give all the specifics and the details that are so necessary. So this reminds me of an appointment that we had for my 15-year-old not long ago. It was a virtual appointment. And she was going to be off of school that day. My husband was home from work. So it was a no-brainer that he would facilitate this appointment. Well, what I didn't realize is how much brain space, time, and energy I gave to making sure that this appointment was a success. What I mean by that was making sure the appointment was confirmed. We had to make, I had to make sure that the link worked, that the um, computer was charged, that the time and the date was correct, because we've had a problem with that before that all the details for the provider were given appropriately and that my family knew what to expect for the appointment. 
So while someone else made sure she attended the appointment, it was all of those things to ensure its success that took up so much time and energy in my mind. I'm going to give you three points that I want you to think about, consider, and just take and implement into your life right now. Number one, give yourself permission to be a good enough parent. You see, moms today are under so much pressure to do it all. Just like I told you about my appointment and all of the brain space that that took. As a culture, we tend to value the image of the parent who pours every ounce of themselves into providing perfect lives for their children. A good enough parent is one who is consistently caring for their kids. We all have flaws. We're human. It's okay. We can show our kids that we are super moms because we are our real selves. And we can show them that we have flaws and that it's okay. You don't want your kids to think that they have to be perfect too because that's how our kids start beginning to experience that burnout. We can't we can be extraordinary. We can be ourselves. We can show up for our kids and we can let them know that we are not perfect. Number two, find support and connect. When you're running on empty, have a plan of who you can connect with and who your support is. If you don't have one, it's okay. You can create, you can create a plan and a, a plan of support. This tribe is one of the pieces to your support. Find someone to talk to. Having a sitter that you can count on. Find a, finding a family friend that you can watch your kids for a little while. All of these are ways to connect and to find that support. Now, there are times that we struggle and we really need the professional help. And that is okay. And I think that asking for help when we need it is our true superpower. If you feel that you're at a point where you need that you need help professionally, reach out to someone in your area. You can look at psychologytoday.com. This is just an example. There's many, many sites out there. But psychologytoday.com, find a therapist. You can locate professionals in your area that way. If you feel that you are in crisis and you need to talk to someone immediately, Call 911 or the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Number three, you can expand your mommy toolbox and practice self-care. As parents, we have tools and tricks that we use with our kids and family. Sometimes we feel like we need more. It can be why you're listening to this podcast now. Being open to learning new things, that is what's expanding our mommy toolbox. When you begin searching for particular solutions to situations or problem solving, you should be able to get your hands on some new ideas that you can try. Now, take it from me. New things don't always catch on quickly, especially when it's a parenting idea that you'd like to implement. So I recommend be honest with your child or your children. Let them know that you've, you've heard about something that you'd like to try. Talk to them about it. 
Talk about the outcome that you'd like to see. You can even practice it. You can circle back around afterward and discuss it again. They need to know what is expected because they'll never be able to meet an expectation if they don't know about it. Focus on positive. Change takes time. It takes a plan. It takes goals of what to work toward, and it takes the change of a mindset. I write my gratitude journal every day. Do I always want to do it? No, but I like the outcome that it brings, so I stay devoted to it. I have a simple one that asks about what I'm grateful for, what I'm loving at the moment, relationships I appreciate, and I always write a little mantra or a quote of the day. Oftentimes, my quote is a Bible scripture or something uplifting to remind myself how awesome our family is. Okay, while self-care alone can't fix mommy burnout, it definitely begins the path for opening ourselves up for change. It helps our body rest and heal, and it also teaches us so much about ourselves. We need to start somewhere because, well, we moms don't get a sick day. We need to take care of our minds, our body, and to feel safe. I know that not everyone can take a 30-minute bubble bath or have alone time when they need it. One way you can just start practicing self-care is to spend three to five minutes each day just sitting and thinking about what your body is telling you. Be aware of your thoughts. Be aware of what you are feeling at that moment. Take deep, slow breaths and just close your eyes if you can. If you can't, that's okay. But please take just a few minutes and try this. This is called a mindful moment, and it is crucial to just resting our busy minds and taking that very small slice of time for yourself just to check in. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I can't wait to talk to you again next time. 